Amen. Yes. Church, can we get a good clap offering for the awesome, awesome worship? God has blessed us with such a wonderful worship team. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Yvonne. Good morning. Yes, I am Yvonne. And I'm very blessed to be here this morning and for the opportunity to bring forth the sermon this morning. So thank you so much to Majors. Boy, time is going so fast. I can't believe that May is just about over. And this is a busy season. It is graduation. And I, uh, I know that many of you have loved ones that are graduating. And I'd just like to come in agreement with uh, Major Phil. Just wishing all our graduates at every level a wonderful future. Yes, amen, for their accomplishments. Yeah. Leslie and I were um, so honored to represent the Croc Center at the Kapolei High School graduation Friday evening. And as we sat there listening to all the beautiful speeches and looking at all these young people just about to be turned loose into our world, it was just amazing. And we sat there and we were crying as if we had a graduate walking up on that stage because it was such a beautiful experience. So if you're sitting near a graduate, would you please extend your hand and let's pray. Father God, Lord, we are just so blessed, first of all, to be here this morning, Father, that you woke us up, Father God, and we made it to your house and we can fellowship with one another. Father, we thank you for the thousands of graduates celebrating a great accomplishment and this milestone in their lives. We pray, Lord, that whatever they choose to do from here on out, that it would also include, Father God, a daily devotion time to you, a time of being in your word, a time of being in prayer, a time of just spending it with you so that you can direct their steps, so that they can hear your voice, so that they can live the life of abundance that Jesus came to give us all. And Father, we pray for the word this morning, Lord, and we declare that your word will go forth, Lord, that it will accomplish everything that you set it out to accomplish, Father. And Father, that it will not return void. So we thank you, Father God, for your life-transforming word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so this morning we are continuing in our series titled Grace Anatomy. In the opening of this Grace Anatomy series, Major Phil talked about how God loves to bless people. He loves to bestow his grace upon people, even when we don't deserve it. That's the unmerited favor of God. We didn't earn it. It's not warranted. But our Father gives us grace because he loves us. And so we should be thankful for that grace. We should be even more thankful for God's mercy God's mercy upon us means that God actually withholds the punishment that we do deserve. And so God's grace and God's mercy, we are so thankful for. A few weeks ago, Lyman's message was about bringing your pride to the throne of grace. Because if we consider ourselves to be true Christians, then our lives are no longer our own. Our lives are really about allowing God to use us to bring others into his kingdom. Amen? Amen. Yes. Major Debbie's messages were about God's grace. 
how God's grace is sufficient and how we need to be growing in God's grace. And this morning, I want to pick it up from there. You see, when we are growing in God's grace, we should be able to do unto others as God has done unto us. We should be able to operate under the grace of God and extend it towards others. According to Webster, grace is a way of moving that is smooth and attractive, not stiff or awkward. It is a behavior that is controlled. It's polite and pleasant. So that sounds easy enough, right? That when people smile at us, we are gracious and we smile back. And that when people say good morning to us, we are graceful and we say good morning back. And we can go all day long operating in grace as long as others are the same way towards us. But what happens when they're not? What happens when people are downright rude or mean to us? What happens when you feel like you are under a full-blown attack by the enemy? Today's message is titled, Grace Under Fire. Grace Under Fire in a military context is a leader who is able to carry out military responsibilities while under extreme attack. This leader is able to issue commands properly and perform under extremely high pressure, even while being bombarded by the attack of the enemy. This leader, despite being a difficult and a dire situation, operates in grace, able to give commands that can actually save the lives of others. Grace under fire. I come, um, I come from a family with a strong military background that I'm very proud of. My dad is one of seven brothers. All but one retired from either the United States Air Force, the United States Army, or the United States Navy. Sorry, no Marines. They all served in either the Vietnam War, the Korean War, or both. They were truly a band of brothers. Needless to say, I have a deep respect and appreciation for our men and women in our armed forces. There are only two brothers left in my dad's family. My dad is soon to be 85. He is the Air Force retiree. His brother, the only other one that is alive, he is the Army retiree. And he is one of them that served in both the Vietnam and Korean War. I still see the residue of the military life in them. My uncle, a former Joe sergeant, he doesn't really talk to us. He kind of barks out his conversations with us. But what I dearly love in our conversations while I'm driving them to their VA appointments is how much they give glory to God and how much they always speak of God's grace on their lives. They recognize that when the heat was on out in that battlefield, that God's grace under fire was with them. And they recognize that when they returned home to their wives and their families, and that the heat was on, 
Because how many of you know that after being out in the battlefield and out in war, it's not always an easy transition for our soldier to come back home? So when the heat was on in the battlefield and when the heat was turned up in the family home, they recognized that God's grace under fire was with them. I love that they recite scripture and stories from the Bible that carried them through the toughest of times. Church, when the heat is turned up in your life, what does your leadership look like? Are you operating under God's grace under fire? Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Daniel, chapter 3. Probably a very familiar story to most of you. It is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are leaders who withstood the attack and literally the fire of the enemy. They were a great example of operating in God's grace under fire. So if we look at chapter 3 in the book of Daniel, we see that there's a new king in town, and his name is Nebuchadnezzar. So King Nebuchadnezzar, he builds this image of gold, a gold idol that measures 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide. That's like the equivalent of 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. And he calls for all his leaders across the land to come to the dedication of this gold idol that he has just set up. And then he has his herald announce a new law. And the new law says that whenever the people of the land hear the musical in instruments play, that they will fall down and they will worship this golden idol. And whoever does not fall down and worship the golden idol will immediately be thrown into the blazing fire, into the furnace. Astrologers then came to King Nebuchadnezzar, and they came to him and they said, Hey, King Neb, you just issued a new law, right? And King Nebuchadnezzar said, Yes. And your new law says that whenever those musical instruments play, that everyone in the land is to fall down and to bow to this golden image that you have just created. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, that's right. And they said, well, King Neb, there are three guys, three guys who are paying no attention to you. They don't serve your gods. They refuse to bow down and worship the image, the image of gold, that golden idol that you have just set up. And so King Nebuchadnezzar becomes furious. And he summons for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought to him. And they are. And he asked them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you are refusing to bow down to my golden idol when you hear the musical instruments play? And he tells them, Don't you know that if you refuse to bow down, that you will immediately be thrown into the furnace of fire? You know, church, I find it interesting that much of the same goes on today. Our laws are made and enforced by people who don't seek the counsel, any counsel from the Bible, 
and they don't have any kind of relationship with God. Yet, from the top, we are told what is appropriate, what is acceptable, and even what is legal behavior in society today. In fact, in some areas, the law has become so warped that if we line it up with the Bible, we will see that right has become wrong and wrong has become the acceptable norm in society. But we don't balk against it for fear that if we do, the consequence will be too uncomfortable. The consequence might be too scary. The consequence might even be deadly. Although we want to speak up for what we know is true, according to the Bible, we are also very cognizant of the heat that will come against us. And that heat can be turned up into a blazing furnace in our lives. But let's take some encouragement from verse 16. Verse 16 tells us that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Now that's operating in God's grace under fire. I mean, who can stand up and speak like that? So calm, so confident, so direct to the king's face. How can anyone be so bold and stand so strong? Well, if you look back at the book of Daniel in chapter 1, you would see that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego trained for years with Daniel. They were chosen from an elite group of young men who were healthy, strong, and handsome. And most importantly, they had a deep, unbreakable commitment to their relationship with God. They were very serious and intentional about their training. They were very selective about what they ate. They were smarter and ten times better than any of the king's men. Kind of like the special forces, elite military groups. There was none their equal. Church, I have a question for you today. Spiritually speaking, who is your equal? What level of training have you committed yourself to so that you can stand up against the false doctrines of this world? Are you training yourself physically? Are you eating right, getting enough rest? Are you training yourself emotionally? Are you choosing to be in the right relationships that are healthy for you? Are you training yourself spiritually? Are you reading the Bible daily? Are you praying, spending time with God? Would you even be able to recognize false doctrines of this world? It is because these guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it is because they were physically, emotionally, and spiritually fit that they could operate in God's grace under fire. Not that it was easy. Let's look at what happens next. 
So Nebuchadnezzar becomes furious with these three young men because they refuse to bow down to his idol. His attitude towards them has changed. Where once he was highly recruiting them, now they are his enemy. So he orders the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. And he commands some of his strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them into the blazing furnace, and that they do. But the king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed his own soldiers. What do you call that? I think that's called collateral damage. Sometimes in our anger, church, Sometimes in our anger and our haste with the quick decisions that we make, we actually hurt those who are on our own side. As you see here, some of the king's strongest soldiers just went up in smoke. But here's the whole point to this story. Verse 24, Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that were tied up and thrown into the fire? They replied, Certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace, and he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they come out of the fire, and all of the king's leaders are there as well. And so the king and all of his leaders see that the fire has not harmed their bodies, the hair on their heads was not singed, their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. And look what he says here. Therefore I decree, there's a new law, that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. For no other God can save in this way. Church, that deserves a big amen. Amen. You see, King Nebuchadnezzar does a total about face. Their world was changed because three guys were willing to go to battle to keep the first commandment of God, that thou shall have no other gods before me. And in the heat of the battle, while the extreme and literally enemy fire was going on, three guys continued to perform their duty with grace, with God's grace under fire. Church, sometimes God has us go through the fiery furnace to be a witness to others so that they can see God, they can see Jesus in that fiery furnace with you. Do you think that my father and my uncles went to war because they thought it was a fun thing to do? Of course not. They went to war to serve their country and to save their people. 
Do you think that our men and women in the armed forces put themselves in harm's way without fear of deadly consequence? Absolutely not. They are heroes because they put themselves in harm's way despite their fears. They do it for the sake and freedom and safety of others. Church, why do you think Jesus went to the cross? Surely not for himself, but because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and that he so ever should believe would be saved and not perish. Amen. That he should have everlasting life. Church, every day we are faced with challenges and opportunity to operate in God's grace under fire. At our workplace, in our schools, in our own homes, and even within our families. I always say this. I've been married for 33 years. Thank you. And both my husband and I can honestly tell you that the only way that we have lasted this long and that today we can say we are happily married is because there was a third person in our marriage. And that person is Jesus. There is a third person with us whenever we go into that fiery furnace of marital intense fellowship. And sometimes people will ask me, Fawn, what's the secret to a long-lasting marriage when the odds for divorce are like 50-50? I tell them, it's no secret. It's Jesus. It's God's grace under fire. There's a song that we sang with our kids and now our grandkids during our family prayer time. And you probably know it. So if you know it, would you sing along with me? It goes like this. I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never zoom on the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army. I'm in the Lord's army. I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never zoom on the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes. Sir. Great job. You are all now inducted into the Lord's Army. Right. <laughs> I want to call Freddie to the stage as I close out today's message. And I want to say this Church, God has called us all to the battlefield. He's called us to go to war for the sake of salvation for others, to operate in his grace under fire. I know it's not easy, and that's why I'd like to pray for us this morning. So with every head bowed, if you're feeling the heat of the challenges in your life, and maybe you're being bombarded by the attack of the enemy and you're needing Jesus to be with you in that fiery furnace I'd like to pray for you maybe it's a heated relationship 
that needs healing. Maybe it's a meltdown in your finances that needs restoration. Maybe you are so burnt out at work that you dread having to go there every morning and you need a renewed passion for what you do. Or maybe you used to be on fire for Jesus, but that flame has since gone cold. Church, I want to pray for you. If you would just lift your hands, I'd love to come in agreement with you for whatever your need is. And the praise and worship is going to sing a song. And we invite you to come forward to the altar, to come forward to the fiery furnace and let God be in there with you, to lay whatever it is that you're needing him to be with you and lay it here at the altar. knows what you're going through and he is with you he's right there with you in the fire and just like the precious metal that has to go through an intense fire process to become gold you too can come out of that fire rid of impurities refined and attractive to others for the sake of their salvation you see church your problem has a purpose and God has your back you have his grace under fire let's pray father god we thank you so much for your word today father father we thank you you see every hand you see everyone who stood up you see deep into our hearts father god that whatever the situation is father god that we can stand on your word father we can stand for righteousness father and we can trust and believe that you are here with us and so lord we thank you we thank you for who you are in our lives we thank you for the power of your word that transforms us, Father God. Lord, and for everything that is and all that is to come, we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.